Today on Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job. We'll learn that it's not about how you feel about God. No, your love is measured in your obedience to Him. If you're not walking in obedience to God, that is the level of the love that you're demonstrating to God. What measures your commitment to God is the obedience of your life to God, not how you feel in your heart. Welcome to Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We're thankful that you joined us today for our continued series titled Contrast. Now, according to Pastor Mark, there should be a tangible difference in the way that a follower of Christ acts toward others. There should be, right? So we'll pick up with part two of a message that began last week, and then we'll follow up with a test, a real test, to see if you and I are walking in obedience to God. Now, don't be discouraged. Instead, get ready to be encouraged. Here's Pastor Mark reading from 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Here's what he says. We have an advocate who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. One who's holy, one who's pure, one who's never known sin. He argues before the Father in our defense, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Uh, Literally, the word there is he is the propitiation for our sins. How many of you have heard that word and have no idea what it means? Like, okay, propitiation. Um, It's a little bit of a technical word, a a religious word, but the word propitiation... um, uh, actually, the word here is helesmo. Helesmo means this. In, in some translations, it says the atoning sacrifice. But the proper translation, the more proper translation would be the propitiation. And that word propitiation simply means someone that is not in a right place, someone that does not have favor, they are granted favor and their problem or whatever is causing them to not have favor is taken away. So there's a, they propitiate and they expiate, so to speak. In other words, propitiation means that I owe you something. I have something in my life that causes me not to have favor. So I'm granted favor and whatever is causing me not to have favor is taken away from me. You understand the concept? So Jesus is the propitiation. He brings the favor of God back to our life. And that that's causing us not to have favor of God, the wrath of God is taken away from our life. Our sin is taken away from our life. So the wrath of God is no longer upon us. Now I want you to understand this because this is huge. You and I, because of our sin deserve this powerful, consuming wrath that would send us to eternity to hell. That's what we deserve. So never say to God, God, I want what I deserve. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. No, 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 no. You don't understand. No, no, don't ever say that to God. God, this isn't just. I want what I deserve. Whoa. If you and I got what we deserve, we'd be in bad shape, a seriously bad shape. You don't want what you deserve. You want mercy. Uh, You don't want justice. You want grace. 
You need to understand that. We're not advocating, oh God, give me justice. Give me what I deserve. You want the grace of God. When God looks at you, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, no matter what you were, who you slept with, how long you were there, how hateful you were, what crimes you committed, what darkness is within your soul, when you come to God and Jesus comes into your life, He does something in your life. As you turn to Him in repentance and believe, He takes away the blackness and darkness that's on your soul and He washes it away and gives you favor. And how does He do that? Well, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees the righteousness of Jesus imputed upon you. We are, Scripture says, the righteousness of Christ. That's the only way we can stand before God. The only way. You are not right before God because you were good enough to be right before God. It's because of the work of Jesus Christ. You don't enter into heaven because you were good enough to make it into heaven. It's because of the work of Jesus Christ. And if you have been trying to make it there by your own good works, if you depend on your own good works, then I'm going to guarantee you, you've incurred a debt that you cannot pay and you will never enter into the gates of heaven unless it's total dependence on the work of Jesus Christ and you understand that. I'm talking about how I know I'm walking in fellowship. Test number two, am I walking in obedience to God? Verse 3 says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, listen, is a liar and the truth is not in him. Someone says, well, I know God. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're a believer? You run into, have you ever run into someone at work? And you, you're new at your job, kind of shy. People are going to find out you're a believer. But then someone catches you praying over your meal or before work, before work. They catch you reading your Bible, not during work. Uh, before work, they catch you reading your Bible and they say, and you've been there a month or two and they say, oh, you're a believer? Yeah, and they say, I am too. And you say, you are too? Like with a shocked face, like you, you are too? Oh yeah, yeah, I am too, man. Yeah, when I was six years old, I, you know, went to church and gave my life to Jesus. Now I haven't lived for him much. But yeah, you know, I got a Bible. I'm, I'm one of those too. Hold on. You're 36 now, and you're trying to tell me that you haven't lived for God for 30 years, but you're one of those two? Here's what John says. John says that if you say you know him, but you don't obey his commands that you really don't know him, that you're really a liar, you're self-deceived and the truth is not in you because if you know him, there's going to be something inside of you that compels you to obey him. There's something inside of you that drives you to obedience to him if you know him. You cannot know him and walk in flagrant disobedience without conviction, without feeling like something is wrong without being miserable without being driven if you live in flagrant sin and flagrant disobedience and you're okay with it 
chances are you really don't know him. Because if you knew him, you'd want to obey him. And you'd struggle with obeying him. And you'd feel the guilt of not obeying him. And that's what John says. Listen, a test is if you say that you know him, you will obey him. Uh, Notice he says in verse 5, But anyone who obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him, whoa, whoa, whoa. You want a verse that's going to knock your socks off? You're going to chew on this for a while. Listen, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. You're a follower of Jesus? You know God? Then if you know God, you're going to want to obey him. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but you're going to obey him and have an impulse to obey him and walk in his ways. In fact, whoever claims to know him is going to walk and desire to walk like Jesus did. Now do you understand when you say, well, I don't have anything to work with? The moment you say, hey, I'm just like Jesus, then you've arrived. If you're not walking, talking like Jesus, then you and I still have a lot of work. Why? Because Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Why? Because the spirit inside of you, that Holy Spirit, is the power of God trying to encourage you, convict you, instruct you, help you, coach you to be more like Jesus. When you come to God and you receive the Holy Spirit, you have a Jesus coach inside of you. He's going to make you want to talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, think like Jesus, love like Jesus, uh, uh, have a mission like Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God Himself. It's the third person of the Godhead. And His goal is to help you be transformed into the image of a son or daughter of God, which will make you be more like Jesus. And John says that. He he goes on to tell us, you see, some people think it's just about the knowledge that you have. He was fighting something called Gnosticism. Gnosticism, and we have forms of Gnosticism in religion today. We don't use that word, but Gnosticism was all about knowledge. People thought that if they had knowledge, they were okay. I run into a lot of people that go to church and think that if they have knowledge about God, it equals spirituality, that as long as they know the truth, then they're okay. Gnosticism says all I have to have is knowledge, and knowledge gives me enlightenment and makes me right with God. That's a form of paganism, heresy, Gnosticism. And sometimes it seeped its way into the church, and people think because they know the truth, they're okay with God. But it's not just enough to know the truth. You have to begin to practice the truth and live the truth. You have to walk in obedience to God, and that's what John is saying. In fact, in John chapter 15, it said the same thing. It says, as the Father loved me, this is John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that your joy may be complete. Jesus is telling us, listen, you say, I really love God. And here's what I want to say. 
I will know how much you love God by how much you obey God. Oh. Oh, you didn't hear me. No, I know you didn't hear me. You say, well, pastor, you know, when the worship's going, I just had this feeling inside of me, and I, I just like, whoa, I love you, Jesus, and I just, I love God so much. And then you go out, snort a line of cocaine, and sleep with a boyfriend. You know, it, hold on a second. You may have a feeling of love, but don't tell me how much you feel. I don't want to hear if you get goosebumps up and down your back and, and how you feel this, you know, this, this spiritual flow of supernatural love on you. I'm all happy for that. But the question I want to know is, are you obeying God? Because what tells me how much you love God is how much you obey God. Listen, if my kid walked in and my son walked in and said, Dad, I really love you, man. Really love you, Dad. You're such an important thing in my life, and I really love you. I really respect you. I really want to have a walk with you. I really want to have a relationship. I said, Great, son. Man, that really touches my heart. Thank you. Could you take out the garbage? No. <laughs> well, can't you just take out the garbage? Dad, 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 you should take out the garbage. I don't want to take out the garbage. No. no wait, hold on a second. You know, my conversation is I'm glad you love me, son, but. But, 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 you know, I want to see your love by the respect and the influence that I have in your life. And are you going to follow through in this way? If not, all that love talk is nothing. It's just like a husband that comes to his wife and, honey, I love you, baby. You're my life and I love you and I, no one's like you. And, and this is all I want. And then goes out and, and, and does whatever he wants. He's unfaithful in his marriage, does this. Listen, the wife's going to say, hey, don't tell me how much you love me. I just want to see you walk, walk in commitment to me. I want to see you be committed to me. That's what I want to see. And what Jesus is saying, what God is saying, is that it's not about how you feel about God. It's about how you obey God. Your love is measured in your obedience. So look at your life and ask yourself, am I walking in obedience to God? And that's how much you love Him. If you're not walking in obedience to God, that is the level of the love that you're demonstrating to God. What measures your commitment to God is the obedience of your life to God, not how you feel in your heart. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for helping us take this very important obedience test. Kind of tough, right? But so needed if we're going to grow. And if you're looking to improve your test scores by working toward a closer relationship with Jesus, I might recommend our daily devotional called Today in the Word. Every month, it's a different topic or book of the Bible, something new, something fresh every single day. You'll find it at todayintheword.org. That's todayintheword.org. Now back to our message. Here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. Last test. So there's three tests. Test number one, am I walking in victory over sin? Test number two, am I walking in obedience to God? Last test. Okay. I know a lot of you are going to hope I just finished there because this is, the, uh, is going to be a hard test for some of you. I just wish you would have finished at point two. Point three, you ready for it? Am I walking in love towards others. Are you really a follower of Jesus? 
Yeah, I know the scripture. I don't lie. I don't commit adultery. I don't sin. I, I, don't, I don't kill anybody. I don't know my father and my mother. I tithe, pastor. I measure it down to the penny. I'm walking in obedience. I can't stand my neighbor. <laughs> but I'm walking in obedience. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got a problem here. That's called self-righteousness, actually. That's called what the Pharisees. One of the worst forms of religion is you feel like you're obeying all the commands. But you don't like people. You don't love people. You don't get along with people. That turns more people off than anybody else. Show me a church that's filled with the spirit of Jesus, and I will show you a church that genuinely loves people. Show me someone that knows the word and is walking in a way that we think is righteous but can't stand people, doesn't like people, isn't friendly to people, isn't nice to people, is always against people, and I will show you someone that's really not walking in fellowship with God. I cannot walk in fellowship with God. This God who spread his arms and died for humanity, this God who hung out with sinners and prostitutes and people that were the low life of the days, and he loved them, I cannot hang out and be touched by a spirit like that without loving people, even people that are struggling and failing and have a lot of work to do in their life. That's part of the love of Jesus Christ. And so he closes up and he says, dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message that you have heard. I'm writing to you a new command. It's truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light, listen to me, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever lo loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness he does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. John is saying, I'm not writing a new command to you. Because he had already given this command. The Bible in the Old Testament says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Remember that in the Old Testament? Written hundreds of years before. But he is, he says, but I do have a new twist to the old commandment. So it's kind of like a new commandment. What's the new twist? Well, in the Old Testament, it says, love God and your neighbor as yourself. In the New Testament, Jesus gives it a new twist. And he says in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another, here's the twist, as I have loved you. Jesus says, I want you to love other people, not as yourself simply, but I want you to love other people as I've loved other people. That's what Jesus says. That's the new commandment. You want to follow me? Then love people like I love people. You want to be my follower? Then you have to love people the way that Jesus loved people. In fact, he goes on to say, by this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one towards another. People are going to know we're genuinely followers of Jesus by the way we relate to people around us. This is one of the hardest 
areas of Christianity. You know why? Because people are hard to love sometimes. Oh, come on, let's be honest. People sometimes are really just straight up unlovable. And you're saying, uh-huh. And people are saying, uh-huh, about you. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're saying, yeah, they are. And uh, someone else is saying, yeah, they are too. I mean, seriously, because we have issues. Insecurities, pride. We get around people and all of our stuff starts coming out. We're like porcupines. The closer you get, ouch, the more it hurts. It's like hugging a porcupine. Ow. A lot of sharp edges here. The church is like that too, by the way. If you just come here and sit in an audience and walk away without talking to anybody, then you know, everybody in the crowd looks easy to love. All you see is the back of their heads. You don't know their names, haven't talked to them. Oh, I like those people. Well, that's because you haven't gotten to know us really well. <laughs> we all have issues. And so it's hard to love people because people are hard to love because we're broken. But what John is saying is I've given you a new command and the evidence of you really walking and living for Jesus is the way that you love people. Whoever loves his brother loves in the light. But listen, and there's no, nothing that can make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. Listen to me well. You may be a follower of Jesus today, given your life to Christ, gotten baptized, joined a home group, been mentored, know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but something has happened in your life that has caused you to fall into anger, bitterness, resentment, and hatred in someone in your life. And what happens is that hatred and anger in your life is caused you to walk out of fellowship with God. And this is what the Bible says about you. God says if you have anger and resentment and hatred in your life right now towards someone, then it's like taking a blindfold, putting it around your, your face, your life, and they say, okay, now find your way. You're stumbling over things, falling over things, things that you knew clearly before now, you just don't know clearly, feeling like you can't really make sense of things, blind about things, because hatred will blind you. Some of you are here today, once you walked with God so clear, things were so crystal clear, you knew right from wrong, and you had a purpose, and you had a direction, and then something happened. Your marriage fell apart five years ago, but you know what? You are still full of the venom of anger and bitterness about what they did to you, what he did or what she did your kids, and you've lost your joy, you've lost your purpose, you're stumbling around, you're making dumb decisions, you're, you're uh, not walking in the light, you're, you're confused about things, you've let compromise in your life. One reason, one reason, you've let anger and hatred blind you. I believe that you have the power to live an extraordinary life. You say, Pastor, you don't know me. I don't, not everybody, I know a lot of you, but I do know my God and his power. And I know that you and your issues are not bigger than my God and his power and strength. 
And I know that if you have his Holy Spirit inside of you and are walking in fellowship with him, that you can live an extraordinary life. Some of you need to apply this test to yourself today. Am I walking in victory over sin? Am I walking in obedience to God? Am I walking in right relationship towards others? One of those areas may have taken you out of fellowship with God. And if you're not walking in fellowship with God, then you're struggling in a lot of areas of your life that you shouldn't be struggling in if you are walking in fellowship. Dr. Mark Job, our teacher here on Moody Presents. That is a difficult but really, really important question to ask every day. Am I walking in love toward others? Frankly, this can be overwhelming because sometimes, honestly, it's hard to love others, right? I bet you can relate. Let me ask, though, how did you score on our test? It's our encouragement that here at Moody Presents, you act on those test results. And that's why I recommend a first step being getting involved in a local church. Go ahead, meet others, other Christ followers, join a small group, learn to serve as a way of loving others. And above all, be encouraged. God's grace and love is absolutely profound. I want to encourage you, if you've never emailed us, today's the day. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting your life. Our email address is moodypresents at moody.edu. Just a sentence or two to let us know how God is using the program to, to grow you or encourage you. Again, moodypresents at Moody. Our website, moodypresents.org, is loaded with resources to help you along this journey. You'll find all kinds of tools at moodypresents.org. I'm John Geiger, inviting you back next week for another edition of Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.